Yep, I get it. I know exactly what you're thinking. Here we go. Another podcast. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you something. This just isn't any other podcast. This is the Vision Life 365 podcast, where we give you a front row seat to organic missionary work. My name is Jason Sykes, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary Hale, and we're coming to you from beautiful San Pedro de Macorís, Dominican Republic. We're here serving with the DR Vision team. Our podcast is designed to encourage you towards Great Commission living. Along the way, you get to see the good, the bad, and even sometimes the ugly of missionary work. We hope to encourage and challenge you on your personal sanctification and ministry walk. Here we go. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today, and uh, my cohort in crime, Gary Hale, is not with me. Uh, he is uh, working outside today. We have got a new curfew that was just put on us, and so uh, we're trying to cram a few more ministries into a few less hours. And so, but today we've got a special guest with me, uh, Curtis Adams, and uh, he's down here visiting the Dominican Republic with us. And so uh, we had some good conversation just the other day and kind of wanted him to open his heart and kind of maybe share what, what God's doing in his life and uh, maybe shoot some questions at you and see see uh, see how God's using you and, and some practical stuff that might help other people as well. So, All right. Thanks, Jason. Um, like Jason just said, I'm Curtis Adams. I'm from the state of Kentucky in the United States. I serve as an associate minister at Greenwood Baptist Church, and we're down here this week with our family, uh, my wife Brandy and our girls, Nevaeh and Abby. And uh, we're just down here seeing the ministries that are going on in the Dominican Republic. Um, one of my roles as the associate minister there at the church is to look for opportunities for missions locally, um, regionally, and globally. Cool. And so one of the things that I enjoy doing is getting out uh, to new places, connecting with other people, finding out what ministries are out there, what they're doing, and uh, see what part the church might play uh, back home. And that can include a whole bunch of different things. Cool. Um, and I also serve as a chaplain in the Army National Guard there in the state of Kentucky. Okay, cool. So, you and I were talking a little bit about that, uh, some opportunities that have, have come out of that. Uh, you guys have uh, pulled quite a schedule since you've been here. <laughs> you've been uh, riding around in a bus everywhere you go, and uh, you went to Santo Domingo this morning, didn't you? We did. That was that was a good time. Cool. Um, we just spent a few hours there, I guess, in, in what they call the Colonia. Yeah, Colonial Zone. Yeah, yeah. the Colonial yeah. Zone. Um, just seeing some of the historical buildings, the monuments, uh, that's always good. I, I love getting out, like I said, and seeing new places. And uh, there's some great buildings down yeah. in Santo Domingo. Yeah. Um, and some of them are pretty old. Oh, yeah. Um, at least compared to what we have in the United States. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, listen, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation outside yesterday. We put you guys to some serious work since you were sorting clothes yesterday and and uh, running you here, there, and everywhere. But uh, I was very interested, as we talked yesterday, about uh, especially in your chaplaincy and some opportunities that come out of that. I, I loved uh, the practicality that you shared with me when opportunities come up, just uh, one of the biggest things about our podcast we try to do is just is encourage people to maybe get away from a program mentality and and look for opportunities for gospel relationships. And so um, if you could kind of kind of share a little bit about that, how God's given you opportunities there. And I think one of the biggest things uh, when you're looking for opportunities to develop relationships with the gospel as the goal is to be authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so many programs have been invented, and there's a lot of great programs out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but programs are not going to accomplish the mission that God gave the church. Yeah, He gave that to individuals. Yep. And so we have to start seeing and leveraging our opportunities in our everyday life 
um, as divine appointments mm-hmm. uh, so that we can enter into the lives of those around us, whatever that looks like, um, whether that's workplace, uh, where you do your recreation, where you go to your dinners or, or whatever. And for me, that includes being a chaplain in the National Guard. Hmm. And so um, as a chaplain in the National Guard, I get to spend quite a bit of time with, with soldiers and uh, just connect with them in, in an authentic way. Just talk to them, find out what's going on with them. And uh, that's given me some great opportunities. That's cool. Uh, now, you mentioned yesterday Baptist by denomination, but you also mentioned some other opportunities that have been given to you. In other words, you, you mentioned that you kind of have uh, within – Within being a Baptist, I guess you could say you have kind of uh, some freedom within that, um, and then but outside of that, you get some other opportunities. And um, so, kind of, kind of share with me a little bit about that. Share with those those who are listening as well. Okay. For those who may not know, uh, chaplains in the military um, have to have an ecclesiastical endorsement. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to have a denomination or or an endorsing agency that recognizes God's call in your life and um, endorses you to be be able to serve as a chaplain. Uh, but that also comes with some protection. They have their guidelines, and you're expected to follow those. Um, so as a minister, as a Baptist minister, and as a Protestant chaplain in the National Guard, um, I carry that identity, mm-hmm. and I adhere to the guidelines by my endorsing agent. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I can't minister to those outside of that denomination. In fact, the role of the chaplain is to protect the First Amendment rights for all soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we recognize that the spiritual nurturing and the spiritual development of an individual is so important um, and that manifests itself differently for different people mm-hmm. that's not to say that we deviate from the gospel uh, but we recognize that all people have that that yearning and that desire uh, to discover God know God and to be in the center of his will um, and so just in the the role of a chaplain um, I, we can provide religious services based on our identity as ministers but uh, we also can do lots of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that we do is look for opportunities to connect with them in whatever's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, if a soldier and his family have a new baby, uh, one of the things we like to do is just send a, a little T-shirt has our unit patch on it, uh, <laughs> write a little card uh, that says, hey, chaplain's thinking about you. We're praying for you. We're, we're praying awesome. that God blesses your family, that this child grows, and that he knows the love of God for, for many years. Uh, so just small things like that, just ways to connect with people. So, so it's I, what I love about it, because it's the same thing we try to do here is it's not so much in uh, from a denominational standpoint or not even so much as you're just building relationships. It, you're, you're, right. you're looking for ways to pour into people's lives. Well, and, and you know, Jesus loved us first. Yeah. Um, and so if we just use that as the model, yeah, you know, um, and it, I was sharing at, uh, at the life house, Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we did a devotional sharing about the woman who had the issue of blood mm-hmm. from Mark chapter 5. And uh, she comes to Jesus, touches the hem of his garment, and he looks around and says, all right, who is it that touched me? The disciples get annoyed at that question because they're, they're looking at Jesus like, hey, there's all kinds of people here. <laughs> um, how are you going to ask us that question? We, there's no way we can know who touched you. And Jesus knew uh, the woman is afraid, and yet her faith overcomes her fear in that moment. And she confesses, hey, I'm the one who touched you, and she's healed. And Jesus looks at her, and the first thing out of his mouth is the word daughter. Yeah. It's a, it's a relationship term. It's not a religious term. That's awesome. He doesn't call her to another denomination or religion. He immediately establishes a relationship with her. And if we're going to model what Christ has done for us, then we've got to be willing to establish relationships with people, even if they are not with us all the way on every mm-hmm. point 
Um, otherwise, we are closing doors that, that God has, wants us to leave open mm-hmm. so that he can work his will, his way, in his time and bring people to the knowledge of who he is. Yeah, I think so many times we try to be the police. We try to be the Holy Spirit instead of being the messenger boy. Right. And uh, we got to let him do what he, he his job, and we got to do our job as, as far as getting the message out. How about uh, discipleship? Do you have opportunities for discipleship? I do. I've got a group of soldiers that are connected on the Version Bible app. Okay. Um, and I regularly can invite them to Bible studies, even though we're in different locations. Um, and I have some who will join and some who won't, and that's okay. I have some who join, but they won't ever comment, and that's fine. Um, but we can we use that as a tool, and we started using that back when COVID was was hot and heavy, and everything yeah. was going virtual, uh, just as a way to stay connected. Okay, has has COVID affected your ministry uh, substantially, or how how has that been with you guys? I guess that's a double. Well, like everybody else, I mean, we saw you know the initial effects of COVID. Uh, both in the as a chaplain in the guard and our our weekend drills and at the church, yeah. uh, you know, because there was a period of time where everything had to be shut down. We mm-hmm. did do some virtual drills, um, and so I had to. I was forced, uh, which was a good thing. I was forced to think outside the box mm-hmm. and say, "All right, how can we accomplish the mission um, and still, you know, adhere to the guidelines that are put forth?" And so uh, there were a couple months that we offered chapel services through Zoom. Awesome. Uh, so that, that's where we started doing the YouVersion Bible app, uh, inviting people to a Bible study. And that's something that we can offer that's ongoing rather than just when we're on a drill status or we're, when we're all together or on a mission. Um, and so, like I said, I have guys who are regularly involved in that. And they can be in different locations, but they can still feel connected that way. That's awesome. So you're, you're pouring into people's lives, and it doesn't necessarily matter where they're at. And, and for the, the unique part of your job or the, what you do with your job, it's kind of probably one of the best ways to stay in touch with people. So that's awesome. It is. And, of course, we use social media as well, um, you know, not, to, not just to promote uh, whatever we might have going on on the, in, on the ministry side, but just on a personal side. I invite people to connect with me. Um, I have one cell number, so, you know, it's my church number, it's my chaplain number, it's my life number, Okay, and that's the one I give out to my guys. Cool. I like that. So tell me a little bit about church ministry, too. I love the chaplaincy, but tell me a little bit about church ministry as well. Right. Uh, As I stated, I serve as associate minister at Greenwood Baptist Church, and so associate minister is one of those catch-all terms. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those broad umbrellas. So it can mean anything you want it to and a few things you don't want it to. Uh, so, uh, to be more specific, um, I oversee our faith and development okay. from infants through, you know, through death, um, and uh, our missions and outreach. And those are the two big umbrellas, faith and development and okay. our missions and our outreach. Faith and development includes our, our classes for our children, okay. um, youth activities, uh, small groups. Uh, we just brought back Bible studies because those were gone away for a while. Yeah, And then our missions and outreach. Uh, is really one and the same, but it, you know, it's how do we reach out to our commu- our local community, and then w- what are we doing to accomplish the the commission? Yeah, um, both here and around the world. Now, have you had people not come back after the whole COVID thing? I've seen that some. Have you, have you guys? Uh... We have had some people not come back. Um, you know, prior to COVID, we we had probably somewhere around three hundred people who were in attendance on a weekly basis okay. across two services. So we had an eight thirty service and a ten thirty service. Um, and then we had some some active small groups that were meeting throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when COVID hit, and initially we were shut down, 
we were streaming our service. So there'd be about eight or 10 of us that would go in on Sunday morning for the streaming. Okay. Um, that included myself, our lead pastor, our, our uh, music leader, musicians. Skeleton crew just to get And it. the ones who were running the, the soundboard and the streaming. Okay. Um, and, and really, you know, it's odd because God works through all of it. But uh, he gave us that opportunity to, to really develop the way we were streaming. Yeah. Um, and so we were forced, again, uh, we had to make some changes. We had to think outside the box. We had to improve the quality of product that we were streaming out into yeah. people's homes because that's the way we were going to stay connected with them. And so we saw our online audience grow. Awesome. Um, and, but as soon as, as soon as we were able, we returned to in-person service. Uh, we brought back one service, so we're now just having the one service at 1030. Okay. Uh, but we've recently relaunched our Bible studies on Sunday morning, and we've added a breakfast. So we're doing breakfast at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and then we roll into Bible studies at 930. Those are out by 1015, and then we have our main service at 1030. Okay. So, And that's been well attended. We've seen a lot of people coming back. In fact, this past Sunday, right before we flew to come down here to Dominican, um, I was in the lobby greeting people interacting with some of our guest services team members and a lady and her husband who had not been for a while walked through the door and so it's it's so sweet cool you know to see that people are are coming back and everybody's got to get to that place on their own everybody has their own concerns yeah. everybody has their own um you know uncertainties about mm-hmm. uh what measures need to be in place and so we've not pushed people we've offered online if you want to stay connected to us online that's great uh, but it was so cool to see, you know, familiar faces who hadn't been in a while returning. And in the process of that, we're seeing a lot of new people. Um, so that's been kind of wild. You know, Which it's we, one thing to think, hey, everybody needs to come back. We want to see you. <laughs> but then to see God bring new, new people, people yeah. you know, that's really something. That's really exciting. We went to a meeting at the end of last, uh, not this last year, but the year before, uh, a church up in Ohio. And found out the same thing. They they Just like you just said, they had got... You know, they were forced into the, the live streaming thing, and so they did that, but they actually saw that in their community, I don't know how he got his stats, but he found out in his community that they had over 300 people watching outside the church family. And so, um, you know, th- this is, th- th- you can always take the, the look at the bad that happens to this kind of stuff, but I really think there's some good that's that's come out of it as well, and it's forced us in the age that we're in uh, to find some different means to reach out to our community, and maybe we're having more of a, more of a, a, a fingerprint in our community than we used to because we've been kind of forced into that direction. Right, right. And you never know what God's going to do when you're just faithful. Yep. Uh, so he can take that message, that service that's out there online somewhere, and he can use it next week, he can use it next year, um, and he will accomplish his will. Yep. So, so that's really cool. Uh, one of the things that we're real intentional about at the church is connecting with people. Um, and so, I, you know, some of what I've already talked about in the chaplaincy, mm-hmm. we also put in place there at the church. Uh, we have decided to focus on those who are coming to us, and, and we do uh, big things for our first-time guests. You know, if you walk into our, well, before you even walk into the building, if you drive onto our parking lot, there's a sign that says, if this is your first time, flash your lights. Uh, we've got some parking spaces right up front that we've reserved awesome. for those who are coming to us for the first time. As they make their way into the building, then we ask them to go over to guest services, and we're going to give them a gift bag. And it's not much, but it's something just to say, we're glad you're here. We recognize that you have a choice when you get up on Sunday morning, um, especially where I'm from in Kentucky. And like most of the the Midwest and the uh, Southeast, uh, you've got choices. You can probably drive by, you know, 
10 or 15 sure. churches yeah. uh, from your house to the one that you choose to go to. And so we recognize that. We just want to say thanks to those people. And then even those who connect online. Uh, you connect with us online and watch one of our services and uh, register as our guest. I'm going to ship you out a coffee cup that says bringing people face-to-face with Jesus because awesome. that's our slogan. I love it. Um, and that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. And it's a good week. I, 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 you know, There's all kinds of metrics out there in ministry. Um, and how many people are in the house is one of them. How many people are connected online is one of them. Uh, what kind of response you get at altar call is one of them. Whether or not you had a baptism, of course, is one of them. But one of the ways that I, I gauge you know, if it was a good week is if we get to give somebody a gift bag because they came to us for the first time, um, or if I get to go to the post office and ship out a coffee cup from Greenwood Baptist Church to wherever, mm-hmm. um, and we've shipped those out. I think one of the furthest places is Yuma, Arizona. Wow. <laughs> um, and interestingly enough, to bring us full circle, that was a guy that's a, a member of the National Guard who's out there on a mission um, as a believer, but is away from his church, connected to us one Sunday. And so because he let us know he was watching, I shipped him that coffee cup just to let him know we're thinking about you. We're going to be praying for you, and we're here if you need something. Dude, that is absolutely awesome. I, I love hearing what I'm hearing because that's the essence of what, what the Great Commission is. And I, the, the really, the, you know, I mentioned it before, but you and I talked a little bit about it yesterday. You know, the, one of the big focuses of the podcast is really dual. I want people to, to kind of know who we are. I want to know what we do. And so we try to bring people who are visiting or whatever. We've got a couple that's coming down here, and they came. they did a podcast with us, and they're going to visit us again, probably do another podcast. But but the other thing is, if we could kind of rattle up the ministry world a little bit and kind of break away from those programs. And and I think sometimes the church has become kind of a clubhouse where we all go and, and we don't even realize that we have our own vocabulary. And we, you know, the, the I'm from Chattanooga, the buckle of the Bible belt, you know, and you drive by a church that has their parking lot closed off during the week and you just kind of wonder, you know, what, what, are, what are we doing in our community? What are we communicating? So I love hearing that, hey, this is a guy who's probably never going to walk through the door of the church, but he got in contact with us and we're going to, we're going to minister to him because, you know what? We don't, we don't get to pick and choose. We just have to minister to who God brings along right, the way. So. Right. And he doesn't just bring people across our path on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so Monday through Friday, he's bringing people across our path. And I think if, if we would, first of all, if we would pray and ask God to use us. Yeah. Um, then, then he will he will faithfully do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but be careful before you make that prayer. Uh, make sure you're ready for yes. it. God give me patience. And then, yeah, kind of like that. And then the other thing is, you know, in the process of praying that prayer, he will open our eyes to the needs of those around us. Yeah, um, it is so easy, and we're all guilty of it. But it is so easy to get into your routine, to run your program, uh, even in ministry. And miss those divine appointments yes. with that person at the checkout counter or that family that's in need or whoever it might be. Um, and, and I would say that God is, is just waiting on us to step into those moments uh, as we're led by the Spirit and, uh, and just be Christ for people. You know, you, you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago that I really want to hit on too. You talked about just being real and being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and th- this is, this is kind of a, th- you don't have to answer this if you don't, I can just edit it out later on, but <laughs> have you ever been hurt in ministry? Well, ministry's tough. Yeah. Um, I would say I was hurt before I was even in ministry by ministry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people come with, with what we call church hurt. Yeah. Um, you don't know this. We didn't talk about this, but my dad was a pastor. Okay. Uh, so that made me hesitant to answer God's call into ministry. I got you. Um, and it's 
exposed me to some things early on mm-hmm. that um, you know I don't want my kids to, to sure. be, be exposed to. Um, but we have to remember who we're serving. Yep. And uh, whether you are the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, the deacon, whatever your role is, uh, or, or you're a, a lay member who's faithfully serving, um, we serve Christ yeah. and, and his call on our life. And as soon as we start looking at what someone else has done uh, and lose sight of what Christ has done for us, yeah. then it will be so much easier for us to throw in the towel and justify our decisions to, to step away um, and miss out on what God's doing for us. We've had some bumps and scrapes in ministry, too, and I think that was the biggest thing that I learned. God is gracious with me. He's forgiven me. Who am I? Right. Who am I to hold that? Right. But, you know, that that is the price of, of, of being real. Um, that's the price of being vulnerable, and that's mm-hmm. the price of pouring into people and ministering to people is is along the way. Yeah, I'm sure through discipleship, I'm sure in your job with the military as well, that you probably tried to lead somebody in the right direction and they didn't want to go. And, man, it kills you to see somebody make mistakes and suffer the, the consequences of those mistakes. But yet it, you can't force them to, you know, but when you pull, pour your heart into somebody, it's hard not to get emotionally involved. You know? Right. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And, and I think on some level we're called to, to be emotionally involved. Yeah. You know, if we're emotionally detached, um, then uh, that can come across as we're not genuine. Yeah. You know, we're not authentic. We don't really care. And uh, one of the things about uh, about being in the chaplaincy and being in ministry is we step into people's hurts often. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, and and it's okay to let them know that, that hurts are real. You well, know, we all experience them. And, and if, of- if I'm sitting down with somebody and they're sharing something with me and that, that hits me like a ton of bricks, that's all right. That's yeah. real. You know, that's my immediate response. And uh, sometimes it's, I have to let them know, hey, it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay, you know, to buck, for your knees to buckle just a little bit under this burden. Yeah. But you're not alone. You know, Which, that's the beautiful thing about ministry yes. is we get invited into people's best and worst moments. Um, and we get to remind them uh, that they are not in it alone. Yeah. And it's not, not because of us. It's because God has ordained that moment. He's put us in that place. Uh, to remind them that not only am I here for you, but mm-hmm. so is he. And when you take that and you pair that with the transparency and openness that you just talked about, I think one of the greatest uh, gifts of discipleship, if we can just be real with people, is them seeing God's grace in us as well. Um, you know, I'm teaching probably 30 feet from here uh, a seminary class on evangelism, and that's one of the things I say. If you're going to really, truly pour into people's lives, you will get emotionally involved. You yep. will hurt. You will cry. You'll you'll cry tears, but you'll also see God do some pretty in, right. immense and incredible stuff and so you can't trade those moments there's a reason why jesus taught often speaking of uh agricultural language because discipleship is dirty work yeah <laughs> you ain't kidding you ain't kidding we'll, we'll 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 have to save the the the, the manure aspect probably for another podcast <laughs> Well, that's probably a good idea. Well, listen, wrapping it up here, what, what, what advice would you give, I guess, coming from a pastoral mindset and then also coming from, well, how would you kind of wrap it up? What would you tell people your best advice would be as far as just reaching? And you've talked to, mentioned the things that God's got you involved in, but how would you kind of sum it up? If you were to say, hey, we've got pastors that listen, missionaries that listen, how, how would you kind of sum it all up? Hey, don't make it up. Yeah. Just, just be available to be used where you are uh, in the context that God has placed you in and trust Him to, to produce the fruit, you just be faithful where you are. Amen. Uh, and be genuine and care about people. Yeah. You know, if you don't really care about people, then do some soul searching. Uh, spend some time with Christ. 
uh, because the reality of the gospel is that he changes us. Yep. You know, I, I can sit here and say that I am not the same as I was 20 years ago. Amen. Um, I genuinely have an interest in, in people that I would have not have had an interest in without the leadership of Christ in my life, the Holy Spirit developing me. You know, there's an Old Testament scripture that says he takes away our, our stony heart mm-hmm. and he replaces it with a soft heart or mm-hmm. heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's okay to feel for people, but, but genuinely care about them. And then look for opportunities to insert yourself into their life, not in a pushy way, mm-hmm. not in a knock on the door and tell them what they need to do or where they need to go, but in a, in a genuine, compassionate, caring way. And sometimes, you know, Jesus said, you know, he washed the disciples' feet and he said, go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we want, um, we want the big moment in ministry. Yeah. Uh, we don't want the... There's a lot of foot washing moments. We don't want there. the foot washing. You mm-hmm. know, and like I've already said, discipleship's dirty. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it's going to put you in a context where maybe you're not as comfortable, uh, but trust Him to lead you through it. Be genuine Amen. and actually care about people. I love it, man. Well, that that, that wraps it up for us. I, I, I love what you're saying because I think that's the essential side of discipleship, of making disciples. It's just... You know, it's not a program. It's just getting out there and being real with people. And and real sometimes is we have problems too. We go through difficulties, and sometimes it helps when others can see God's grace in our life. And mm-hmm. so, man, I love what you're doing, uh, both on the military side as as far as the, and then the church side as well. And so, I appreciate you being with us. And uh, guys, that's it for this episode. We, we appreciate you being with us. I appreciate Curtis being here with us as well. And and uh, we hope this is an encouragement to you. Go out and make disciples. Go out and make relationships in your community, relationships in your church. And, and you know, Bible says some plant, some water, but it's God who gives the increase. And so let him let Him do the work of, of changing hearts and, and, and bringing people under conviction. Our job is just to get that message out there in a loving way. Absolutely. So, Thanks, Jason. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Vision Life 365 podcast. Be sure to check out our website, visionlife365.org. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast for a new episode each and every week. Thanks so much for being a part and being with us here. And we look forward to being with you again next week.